I've always tried to look at all the things that might be negative, like the situation that we're in at the minute. I always try and look at the positives. And the positives is that, you know, you get to spend more time with your family. You get an opportunity to spend more time with yourself, start finding out about yourself. You've got an opportunity to learn something new. Hey guys, and welcome to the Take Flight podcast with me, Mark Whittle, where we speak with the best performing individuals in their fields. We hear their inspiring stories, morning routines and philosophies to learn how we can take flight in our own lives. This week is no different. I had a particular connection with this person before having ever spoken to them purely by knowing a little bit about their story and relating to every part of it. The guest for episode 79 of the Take Flight podcast is Leon Roll, aka Locksmith. Locksmith is one quarter of the incredible drum and bass group Rudimental. As the front man, he's led the group to three number ones and four additional top tens, winning numerous awards including Brit Awards and a Mobile Award for Best Album, MTV nominations for the Best Act and multiple Platinum Awards for record sales. They initially rose to success after releasing the smash hit Feel the Love and haven't looked back since. They've done so much in the music world, including huge collabs with people like Emily Sunday and Ed Sheeran. Lockie has a real passion for football and fitness, which has helped him to manage a lot of his mental health struggles, something we talk about at length on this podcast episode and something that resonated with me. To complement his love of fitness, he's built his They Call Me Locksmith range of equipment and training programs. He's doing so much in the community to inspire and motivate children that might be suffering with the similar things that he went through. And most recently, he's featuring on the brand new season of SAS Who Dares Wins Celebrity Edition, which is dropping this Monday. If you're listening to the podcast the day it goes out, that's tomorrow, the 20th of April. And you may have heard the episode of Take Flight I did last year with Victoria Pendleton shortly after she'd done SAS Who Dares Wins. And it seems like people have such a good time on the show and there's always huge value taken away from it. So it was amazing to hear that. Lockie is an absolute legend. I really, really enjoy my time speaking with him. I wish him the absolute best with SAS. And of course, he's already done it. It's been recorded. So I'm really hoping that he comes through. I'm really excited to see how he gets on with it. And of course, he's now my favourite. I felt hugely honoured to be able to have this level of depth in a conversation with someone like Locksmith. He really is a truly inspirational guy. Without further ado, please enjoy episode 79 of the Take Flight podcast with the fantastic musician, leader and motivator, Locksmith. Enjoy. Lockie, welcome to the Take Flight podcast. Yo, thanks for having me, man. Ah, oh, mate, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. I've been speaking with Charlotte, so shout out to Charlotte for sorting us out oh, for a while. Shout. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, it's been long overdue, and just our luck, this cracks out. Well, it's everyone's luck, isn't it, really? This cracks out, and we're having to do this via the internet rather than in person. I know, it's a shame, mate, but I'm sure we'll meet at some stage. We're gonna, You're possibly going to be a part of the event as well in... Um, in May, the mental yeah. health event. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Charlotte said you were going to do it anyway. Oh, is that what she said? <laughs> <laughs> All right, me and dates. I stay away from dates. It actually gives me a headache. But if I'm free and I've got time, then yeah, I'm up for it, definitely. Yeah, we can talk about more about that later. Um, but how have you been, mate? How have you been with the situation and everything that's going on? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty bonkers. It's funny that because all my boys and all, that, all my friends and that, they keep telling me that... Uh, you're probably used to this because I'm such a loner. <laughs> I isolate really? myself anyway. So being in this situation isn't nothing new to me unless I need to sort of go out and do a bit of work. So, yeah, all my friends are laughing at me and saying, yeah, you're all right for this. We're bouncing off the wall. <laughs> but in all honesty, it is actually difficult because it's, it's one of those things where 
although I say I'm a loner, when you've kind of got your rights taken away from you where you can't go out, it becomes even more difficult, doesn't it? Mm. And then you've got myself with children and you've got to, <laughs> you've got to start entertaining them. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's when it starts becoming difficult. But it's when the that, choice is taken away, isn't it? It's the choice, yeah. It's definitely the form of choice. When that's mm. taken away, then uh, it gets a bit worrying mentally because now you know that you're stuck in here and you mm. can't go out for health reasons, you know? But, Are you yeah. using it as a chance to make more music? Yeah, it's funny that. Um, I am, but that's something that we do all the time anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm always trying to get sort of like a, a beat a day. I'm a beat a day kind of guy, so whenever I get a chance, I will do. Um, I'm in my home studio where I just muster out like a little idea. Apologies for the mess in the background. Didn't realise how messy it was until I was on camera. <laughs> oh, luckily you uh, can't see my mate. <laughs> oh, can you not? Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I try and get out as much music as possible. But I think for me, it's an opportunity to kind of spend some time with the little ones, you know? Yeah. And we sometimes forget that you think, oh, I'm trapped in the house. But you're trapped in the house um, with your family, if you have mm. got a family like me. And you, we're always complaining about not having enough time for them. You know, I'm traveling the world. I've got to be here. I've got to be there. I've got this meeting to do. I've got this to do. And it feels good knowing that I've got absolutely nothing to do. Mm. So, you know, let's spend some time to let's do some stuff. Let's try and find creative and innovative ways of doing things together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I suppose it's looking at it positively and, and making the most of the situation. It's just because it's different, and it? It's, I guess it's no. kind of a little bit out of, maybe out of the comfort zone slightly, although it's still your home. Mm. But it's like constant time with those people just adjusting to that. Ah, definitely. I, I always said, like, for myself personally, I like jumping out of my comfort zone. I mm. do like... I do like challenges and I think challenges is a key word because it's going to be the biggest challenge that all of us are going to encounter in our lives. Um, especially my generation, this is sort of like the biggest sort of globe, something that's happened to the world or globally that's happened. Um, so it's going to be a real test, a big challenge, and it's going to be up to us to see if we're up for this challenge. You know, mm. it's not just about the isolation and the lockdown you know, when we do get through this, because I believe we will get through this, is what are we going to be like after this socially? Mm -hmm. You know, how are we going to cope when we do get out of this? And there's so many challenges challenges to uh, get through that um, it's going to be interesting to see how um, we as a society come together and move forward. Yeah, I guess that unknown element is what we need to be used to. And if you've been used to facing challenges in the unknown in the past, then it might feel a little bit differently. Or might feel a little yeah. bit easier even but speaking of challenges i think there's a congratulations in order for the announcement you, you just made was it yesterday um, or the day yeah, before yes yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 do you want to talk to us a bit about that so yeah um got asked to do the sas how did really, you come about uh, how do you get how do you get offered the the role um i think it was i think i did soccer am i did soccer am soccer mm. am i did soccer aid rather yeah and that was a great experience. You know, I we bet. played at Stamford Bridge with some amazing stars. And I'm a big football fan. If anyone doesn't know me, I'm a fitness fanatic, but I come from a footballing background. Uh, I was at Arsenal Youth when I was younger. Um, didn't quite make it. Played semi-professional throughout, throughout the most of uh, 
my adult years until rudimentary. Dug this out of the wardrobe for you. Oh, jeez. Look at that. Good man. You're awesome, man. I have, yeah. Oh, that could have went so wrong. <laughs> you was on the other side of North London. No, mate. <laughs> we would have ended that. I would have just pressed that on the keyboard. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a massive, massive football fan. So to play at Soccer Aid was amazing. And I think there were one or two people that were involved with the production side of Soccer Aid were involved with um, SAS. Mm. Don't quote me on that. I might have just made that up. But <laughs> I got the phone call through management and I said, that's something I always wanted to do. So I remember being back in college and I was kind of kind of at a crossroads where I didn't know what I was going to do because I wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, I've been dropped from like three different clubs. Uh, well, not dropped, not offered the YTS mm. at the time, youth training yeah. scheme. And I always said, like, you know what, if I don't become a footballer, I'm just going to join the army. Literally, really? said, like, something, something bonkers like that. It's just, it's, just, it's just a teenager being lost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was ready, signed, signed all the films. Uh, you know, you know, when you're getting ready to go to like a college, um, you've got sort of like your normal colleges and then you've got like the army comes through and they say, you should join us. And I was like, yes, I should. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, yeah, I was signing out all the forms and this, that and the other. And I left it for a while. And then I ended up going to a football scholarship college. And then again, it was it was cool. It was all right, but it wasn't the level I wanted to be at. I wanted to be at a higher level and I just couldn't see it happening. So then sort of like the army actually came back into that college mm. and they were doing sort of like an opening uh, event where you could go and find out more. And then I re-signed again and I was ready to, I was ready to go. I, I didn't tell no one. I didn't tell like my mom, my sisters or anything. I just said, you know, what, I'm just going to do this. And if I get accepted, then I'll just go. And I ended up falling in love with a chick. <laughs> and she, uh, she ended up having our two children. Bless her. Oh, amazing, <laughs> so, yeah. man. So it's yeah, worth it. So that, yeah, it's worth it. Well, <laughs> not just her. <laughs> but... The fact that, you know, I, well, rudimental happened. Mm-hmm. My kid happened. Um, there's so many different trials and tribula- tribulations that happened up until this point, And that wouldn't have happened if I um, joined the army. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the mere fact that that was in the back of my head and this had come along, the SAS, I was like, I'm definitely up for this, you know what I mean? Like, I want, I want to see if I, I could have cracked it when I was younger. Yeah, you got to scratch that Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mate, I'll tell you this now, it is one of, or it was one of the most uh, testing um, situations I've ever been in my life, you know? Well, well, I have to say, mate, like, I watched the non-celebrity version of this series, so it's in yeah. Sky, and it? You went, did it in that location as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sky is that in Scotland? in Scotland? Yeah, yep, 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 yeah. yep. yep. I remember. It was like the the water based mostly, you know, like in the oh. cold water, a lot of submersion in in like real yeah. cold conditions. It looked brutal, yeah. man. Because I've seen ones when they do it in the desert and stuff like that as well. And yeah. I think the cold would be bad. Yeah, no. Well, you think like I remember pre season in the heat, and I hated it. I'd always rather pre season uh, with football, yeah, in the cold. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, that 
feeling of being dehydrated, sweating, hot, like I just couldn't deal with. So I kind of got that in my head that, you know what, it's actually better that we're actually a bit colder. Although the secrecy of the show is crazy, mate. It is bonkers. They try and keep it as real lifelike as possible. They don't tell Mm. you, they don't tell you the location. Like, you know what I mean? Like even when you get to the airport, and it's sort of like the day where you're flying out to to locate. They do not tell you. They really? give you your boarding pass and everything. So it's about it's just literally when you get your boarding pass, that's when you know where you're going. Um, and then when you get to the location, literally, like there's someone there with an envelope, and they're like, "Put your phones and any electronics that you got in there now." And it's just like raw. Wait, I thought I had a day of relaxing first before we actually get cracking on. And it's like, even the day before you actually get into sort of like selection, they take all your electronics away from you. Mm. And you've got no contact with the outside world. And I know like you've got a lot of them reality shows where it's sort of like, you know, there's there's people behind the scenes where they're sort of model model cuddling you and they're trying to you know making sure there's none of that. There's absolutely yeah. none of that on the show. It's so lifelike. It's it's crazy. It's so close to sort of like the situations that the DSs would have been going through. So yeah, it was a it was a mad experience. I can't give much away. Yeah, of course. Apart from the fact that it was probably one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, the challenges is the challenges is <laughs> the challenges um the stepping out of my comfort zone um i was absolutely afraid of heights i still am but you know you just get on with it and you mm-hmm. see how see how far you can go that's amazing so, yeah. man it sounds incredible Great. i'm really looking forward to watching it i think like interestingly already i'm starting to get an idea of the type of person that you are thinking or the way that you explained because i'm looking at the freezing cold and thinking being wet and then having to do challenges or 5Ks, 10Ks, whatever they're making you do up and down the hill yeah. is yeah. horrible. But I've, I've done pre-season in the heat as well. I, similarly to you, I, I played actually at Northampton and then oh, Leicester wow. uh, and I didn't get a, a YTS either. And yeah. um, long story short, I ended up playing in America for a little while. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was like in Amazing. the summer in August, it's like yeah. very, very hot. It's about oh, yeah, 18 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. Where back in America was you? I was in Ohio. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> and two two days as well so yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was rough but yeah I've, i just love the way that you're looking at it immediately like well i could be training in the scorching hot so you'll take the wet uh, mate i've always tried to sort of look at all the things that sort of might be negative in my life especially when they're sort of like instant situations like this situation that we're in at the minute i always mm-hmm. try and look at the positives you know and the positives of this COVID-19 thing is that, you know, you get to spend more time with your family. And if you're not with your family, you get an opportunity to spend more time with yourself, start finding out about yourself. You've got an opportunity to learn something new, a new skill that you probably never ever thought of learning before. So there's so many different ways you can look at it. But I think what happens is that people sort of isolate their minds in this bubble that, you know, it's just a negative bubble. And they start trying to control things that they've, literally got no control over mm-hmm. um uh, you know like if you think about it and you strip it down to its to its bare minimum you, you think about all right covid night can i control this this uh this virus that's going around no you can't so what are you worrying about do you mm-hmm. know what i mean um if i get it, what do i do 
well, you, you contact a doctor, the doctor tells you to self-isolate, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no point worrying about something you can't control. You know, once you start getting um, a chance to control it, then that's when you get into it. And that's what I think the, the biggest problem right now with people. That's brilliant, mate. I think sadly, a lot of that is because people have built a pattern over time to look at life like that. And now with this break, like the whole world's on a timeout, it's an opportunity to change that and break that habit and start a new one. Have you, have you, have you changed anything with your routine or, because obviously, you know, everything's been turned on its head. Mate, everything's got worse for me. Really? I had, I had, I had more of a regime when this wasn't going on. Like I would wake mm. up five o'clock in the morning and I'll be doing my training and whatever I needed to do. And then obviously you do the things that you do during the day, whether it be studio meetings, whatnot. And then I'll get home either to my home gym or to my local gym. And I would be going in for my second session, eating healthy, this, that, and the other. Like the first two weeks of this, bro, that is just turned on his head. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm just like, my my eating habits are shocking. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I've gone shopping. Everyone's loaded up on toilet roll. I'm like, fuck that. There's going to be some more toilet rolls at some point. I'll be all right for now. I'm loading up on Easter eggs and fucking cookies and shit. <laughs> I just home comfort. I'm waking Little up. Easter bunnies. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> I'm waking up at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., most days going to bed really, really late. So mm. I need to start getting some structure in my life. Um, but from someone like me who who is very sort of regimented and got a lot of OCD when it comes to sort of like timings and waking up early and making sure that I look after myself, I think my body has just said to me and my mind has just said to me, you know what, have a break. Mm. Have two weeks. Have two weeks of – it's not that I haven't been training or I've been eating excessively bad, saying that I'm going to order pizza tonight. <laughs> but <laughs> doing deliveries still? Yeah, they're still doing deliveries. Oh, I'm sure. Domino's. Domino's and pizza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all on the fitness hype, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. I think, mate, loads of people are doing it, though. I spoke to so many people who, like, seem to be wanting comfort food because we are a little bit yeah, uneasy. Yeah, yeah, we're not yeah, quite yeah, sure totally. what's going on. So everyone wants to just feel a little bit happier at home and, and eat crap. So sometimes oh, you've got to let yourself do totally. it. No, totally. And, like, I know I talk about control and like, I like to talk a lot, but not listen to my own advice you know sometimes mm. you do go off the rails and you find yourself you're right i'll switch off the tv i'll switch off social media and then you end up on both of them automatically yeah. because you just feel like oh, i need to know what's going on and it happens it's just mm. just embrace this moment at the minute it's funny you say that man i literally like because I, I feel like i've had a little bit of a head start with all this isolation stuff because three weeks before it all happened i burned out right. i've basically been managing this take flight podcast uh, introduced right, 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 the right. events last year as well so i was managing all that mm-hmm. um i've got a couple of other little things on the side as well and a full-time job so yeah, yeah. it all came to a head and i just completely burned out and i was just I collapsed one day and i was just out oh, shit. so um yeah three weeks before this all kicked off i've, I've already been isolated because really? i was recovering yeah but I, I, like, I leaned on the routine at that point to make myself better but that's because mm-hmm. i was kind of forced to because i was unhealthy yeah, 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 being unhealthy yeah, yeah. eating takeaways not training yeah. not meditating and all that yeah. um so yeah i just started a new new regime mate where i wake up 30 minutes meditation hydrate breakfast and then do a little bit of breath work and then some stretching and then kick on that's that's, that's, that's bonkers man I'm, I'm glad you're in a better place now Mm, well, it's, yeah, it's taken five weeks, mate. I think it would have been longer if I didn't do that, though. If I'd have just carried yeah, on, yeah, like, yeah. 
and, and I'm sleeping yeah. a lot as well. Why, why, why does that happen? Like, I ask the question, why does that happen? Because it's happened to me before and I'm still trying to figure out why, because it, it's not just happened to me once, you know, I'm in the music industry, you know, I, I rudimentals probably at its most demanding stage of his career you know so i i'm a, i'm addicted to you know making music um getting the music out there reaching the audience um plus all the other things that i've got on the side with the locksmith side of things so i'm i'm just i'm addicted to sort of that trajectory of that happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know me too, mate. I mean, you know, it's different different worlds, but same thing. I want to be putting a yeah, podcast totally. episode out every week, reaching new people, inspiring yeah, yeah. new people, yeah, and yeah, totally. it's constant. I think I think there's a few reasons why it happens, mate, and, and this is what I started to look into when it happened to me. And it's stuff that we know, really, but we just ignore because at the moment, mm. in, the, in the moment, we kind of like, oh, I'm a bit tired, but I feel all right, I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, so there's like the, there's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. So right, the parasympathetic... Yeah. I, can't, I don't even know if I could spell that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I probably can't either. <laughs> but I'll Go try on. to explain it. So the parasympathetic nervous system is also known as the rest and digest response, which is basically just when we're relaxed, chilled. Right. So that's kind of where we want to be trying to find ourselves in as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight response. So this is where thousands of years ago, that would be triggered when a lion is charging us. Right. You know, that's telling us to either decide in the moment instinctively to fight for survival or flight, run away. Yeah. But in the modern day, because we're constantly stressed, not in the same intensity with the lion attack, but at an acute level, which means yeah, every time yeah, yeah. Your, your email goes off, every time a WhatsApp comes in, every time a phone call comes Heighten. in, yeah, heightened sense. And yeah. it's low, low level stress, but over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So for me, mate, I upped my podcast episodes from every two weeks to every one week about a year ago. Right. Then it then introduced the events. And then I introduced these other two side projects I'm working on. Right. And all of that, all of those stresses on top of one another at the same time as working this full-time job and trying to earn enough money to leave that, which is what take flight is all about is taking yeah. that leap of faith. It got, it just got too much, mate. I spent all of my time pretty much in the sympathetic nervous system. So then that's why when I collapsed the, only goal the only priority was just to be in the parasympathetic the resting state meditating sleeping breath work like chill no mm-hmm. phone use no social media mm-hmm. because then your body then your body can recover the other thing mate as well which might be something that leads to when it happens with you is that when we're outside of our normal sleeping routine it can have a bigger impact as well so if you're stay, staying up really late and mm-hmm. pushing your body beyond what it's used to and out of its natural circadian rhythm as well yeah, which is yeah, a normal, like sleeping yeah, state, yeah. then yeah. What happens to you specifically? What, what, how do you feel? Um, you know, mate, I could only go off the back of sort of like scenarios that I've had in the past. And so there was one particular scenario where I was driving home and I've said this openly before, so I feel kind of comfortable about saying it, but when it happened, I didn't tell no one for weeks, maybe even months, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I was driving home. Um, off the back of what was a very turbulent time in sort of like Rudimental's career. It was album-free process, and every album process is a difficult one. Mm. You know, it's not just a case of, oh, we've made some music and we put it onto a, a disc or a digital format and it goes out there. It's, it's There's a lot of 
things that happened behind the scenes, as you could imagine, that were building up and it was a very stressful time uh, to cut a long story short. So yeah, anyway, I was driving home and mate, I don't know what happened, but I literally just burst into tears. So I'm driving down this country road and it probably takes me about six minutes from this particular point to get back to my house. And I've just literally just burst down into tears. So I, was, I just didn't know what it was. I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't say, oh, I'm crying for this particular reason or that particular reason. It was just literally just flooding out, flooding out. I'm driving home, driving home. And I'm like, all right, cool. It stopped. I've got like halfway through another three minutes to get to the house. And it's just flooding out, flooding out to the point where I've got onto my drive. And I'm just like, the only way I can describe these kind of tears, you know, when you're younger, and it's probably trivial now, but your mum or your parents or whatever it is, they've told you off and you've, you've, like, you've built up some real anger inside and then you've gone to your room and then you've buried your head in your pillow and you can hardly breathe and the snot and that is coming off the pillow. <laughs> it was that kind of vibe. And I was just like, what the hell is this? And from that moment there, I had to just, I sat in a car outside the house for probably about 10 15 minutes but that 10 15 minutes felt like it was an hour mm. and i was just like time had completely gone i couldn't work out why i was crying anyway i put that to a side and i just had to take stock i had to reevaluate where the fuck that came from mm. because that that's not in my head that was that wasn't natural but as time went on and i looked back at it maybe it was natural Maybe that was a case of everything that was going on, all the intense moments, all those moments of replying to emails, getting angry with emails, having meetings, getting angry in meetings, um, the the positive and the negatives, the negatives outweighing the positives that were going on within sort of like my career, our career, um, just came and built up in one big ball and just crushed me. I had to say to myself, like, wait a minute, though. I was so I was so confused to the point where I was making sort of rash decisions. I said, I don't want to tour, I don't want to, I don't want to make music, I don't want to be around anyone. Um, I want to isolate myself. I just want to feel good about getting up in the morning and not feeling like how I felt in my car. So that that's that's that was one scenario of of a couple that that's happened. amazing, man. Mate, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it probably sounds like I mean I've I've had them thing I've had those times as well. Mm. It's when you suppress emotions for so long, it can't yeah. stay in there after a while. Yeah. I think certain things, which I know you're fitness mad as well, like myself, like that is a mm. good outlet for certain emotions and stuff. But then sometimes when it just gets too much, that's what happens. The body forces it out of you. It, did you yeah. do you get like a chance to unpack it then? And was there any particular ways that you started to look at why that happened? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I started. I started to look at the kind of things that I would take. I was taking on personally, in terms of everything I was doing, especially when you take a bit of time out of sort of your professional life and you look back at it and you think, wait a minute, some of the things I was taking to heart or I was getting really riled up about wasn't actually that deep. You know, mm. I had to look at the people around me and say, nobody around me, especially in my circle, I'm lucky enough to have sort of like my, my brothers who I work with, 
Like, I never, never, ever had this. This never been an issue about them. It's always been an issue about the powers that be. <laughs> I say that lightly, um, hmm. but yeah, it's kind of everyone in my circle wants the best, not only for the company that we're pushing, but for myself as well. And I really had to look at that and say, like anything they are are asking you to do or say or something you might disagree with them with it's not actually out of malice and it's not actually to penetrate negative emotion from you it's because they actually want the best for you and this is where they believe or they they believe um how they believe it could work so yeah i had to look at it from that perspective that helped a lot and then i had to look at it from a different perspective i had to look at it from how much time am I giving to something and mm. what is the reward out of it? Now I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about um, self here. Like mm. what is that reward that you're getting for like self um, maintenance, if you like. And it was outweighing it and that wasn't cool. So I had to sort of take a step back from certain things. Cause I'm a, I'm a kind of guy who, I am the leader of my band, you know. I used to I used to be hung up about saying that. No, I don't want to be cocky. It's not being cocky. I I am like I I have that capacity, that personality to walk in a room and become a leader without demanding being the leader. If mm. that makes sense. All football teams I played for, I was captain. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm at the forefront of the stage when I'm on stage with the rudimental boys, you know, um, in meetings, everyone looks for my voice in not saying that they don't, the rest of the boys, but it's just, I, I know that. And because I tried to hide that away and it was just happening on a subconscious level, it was happening so much that it was just like, wow, it's, you're actually taking lead every time you go into a different scenario and it was building up, building up, building up. And I said, I said to myself, I have to acknowledge that I actually do take the lead all the time. And that allowed me to step back and say, you know what? Go do your thing. So, but you took ownership for your own thing as well. I think it's, yeah. it's funny, mate, because the people who are often the front man like yourself or the leaders in situations are often the ones who perhaps have a slightly more turbulent journey. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. You can look at that in so many different cases. Mm. Um, and I always... I, I don't know, maybe in the last three years, I've simplified so much with solo artists uh, or people that are in sort of like the public eye and they're, they're solo, you know, whether mm. you're a Formula One driver, Lewis Hamilton, or a tennis player. Or, or, or me over here. <laughs> or you over there. No, seriously, or you. No, seriously, no, you know what I mean? You're doing it, it by hard. yourself. It's Dude, hard. Like I talk about, all right, I'm at the forefront, but at the end of the day, if I get lost and I'm like, oh, you know, what? I actually don't know what to do here. I'm like, Piers, Kezi or Meh, like, what should we do? I get to bounce off people. So I've always sympathised with people who are in sort of like a solo field. It's mad. I think I've, I think I've, How do you get through it? How do you get through it? <laughs> well, I think I've... Um pretty much at this stage come to terms with the fact that you can't do it on your own yeah yeah, yeah like categorically yeah. you have to have either some expertise or support around you like I, similar to you i think as far as like leadership and stuff like i always maybe because i 
you know, not to go too deep, but I had issues with trust and stuff in the past. Like I didn't mm. want to relinquish control. I didn't want to work with other people. I wanted to do it by myself and that made me feel good, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm at a stage now where it's just like, this isn't going to go any further than where it is unless you get help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, totally. And that's, that's, you know, that's a big thing. Like that word help, calling mm. for help is a big thing, especially within men. And we're, we're seeing it even more so. It's getting highlighted more. Mm. But we struggle. I struggle with asking for help. I, mm. I didn't have a father role model when I was growing up. He was there, but he wasn't a father. Um, he wasn't re- He wasn't there there, but you know what I mean? He was, he was in the vicinity. Um, but he wasn't a father, and I struggled with that. So I, I kind of I kind of made made this sort of becoming a man up in my head this is how it should be, you know? Hmm. And I kind of took some old school traits and that was the case of, you don't need help, you can do it yourself. Right? And that ran through me with everything. Like, I can do this on my own. I don't I don't need, um, I don't need to talk to someone about my feelings because I can deal with my feelings on my own. And again, when you look at yourself, from a sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? When you look at yourself from the outside in, especially after that moment that happened to me when I was sitting on my sitting in my car, in my driveway, and just crying. And a couple of weeks after, I took stock of that and I looked back at it. I was like, wow, you know, you, you actually need to open up about this, or it's just gonna you're just gonna bury it again. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you find people. Um, that you trust because it is important that you trust them uh, because it makes it easier to open up and you, you talk to them. Luckily enough, I had like my two boys who come around, I had Kezi come around mm. and uh, uh, our, our best friend Mikey come around and they, they just came knocking on my door and they were just shouting outside my door. I was like, how'd you get through the gate? <laughs> and then, and then, they, they were there and they were just like, let us in, let us in. They came in, they 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 noticed it from the get-go. I didn't talk to them about anything. They said, look, we know you've been like, you've been weird, bro. What's been going on? Like, and they just spoke to me and then, again, I just flooded into tears, but I expressed what was going on mm. to the best of my ability, although I was kind of just, I probably wasn't articulating myself very well, but every time I said a word, a sentence, it felt like I was just lifting weight off my shoulders you know, just every Amazing. time and instead of just walking through fog by myself it felt like there was a couple of people there with me and they were helping me clear it so yeah it helped yeah that's amazing man you're lucky to have them by your side i think there's like that's one of the biggest things isn't it just being able to open up and i suppose the more you do it yeah the more you see the benefit the more you're mm. going to do it as well is okay. there um again going back to exercise is there like other coping strategies or mechanisms that you've used to like if, if those emotions do come up which naturally they're gonna is there anything you turn to to make yourself feel better I, I i'm a big believer that exercise can have a positive effect on our mental state you know i've been in so many scenarios where i've come home from work i've come home from a shitty day and I've gone out, I've gone to exercise, gone for a run around the block or whatever, and I've come back with a clearer head and I feel like I've got the ability to 
move forward with whatever issues I had before. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I truly believe that fitness, physical activity has a positive impact to play. However, mm-hmm. with that said, if you're someone like me, you can get lost in that. And I have done in the past. Um, Obsessed, I, you mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Obsessed mm-hmm. with it. I remember I was going through a really bad state. I was on the verge of sort of quitting the band. And I was just like, I, I didn't want to be... I didn't want to be a part of this anymore. I didn't want to be traveling around the world. I just wanted to stay at home. I wanted to spend time with the family, this, that, and the other. Um, and again, like the boys know this, it was nothing to do with sort of like, you know, you hear about these boy band breakups and they had arguments. We, we don't argue like that, you know. Um, we have proper arguments because we've known each other all our lives. So we have arguments um, that we know the next day it's going to be perfectly fine mm-hmm. because we know each other. Um, but we never really had those kind of arguments where it's like, fuck it, I'm leaving. Ah, all that kind of thing. So it's got nothing to do with that. It was just the state of mind that I was in within this whole music bubble. Um, I kind of lost what I was going to say. What was I saying? I'm talking about the exercise and the impact it had. Yeah, when you so, yeah, with, yeah. With the exercise. Thank you. With the exercise, <laughs> I got lost in it. I tell you, mate, there was a point where I was waking up in the morning, I was doing a 10K run, and I would come home and I would exercise for another hour. Wow. And I'd just be like, that was normal. And even after that sort of like two-hour session or whatever it was, I was ready to go again. Mm-hmm. And it, this this is what showed me, especially on the SAS, that your mind is actually more powerful than you think because I was doing 10K runs, coming back, doing more exercise, more weights, whatever, this, that, and the other, and I wasn't even tired. I could tell you that I could probably done that twice, three times over. That's that's what I felt like I could have done in that particular state. And that was me blocking out all the shit that was going on in my life and suppressing, burying um, all the negative stuff and using exercise, which I sh- still believe that it should be used as, as a form of escapism but not Mm. to the extent that i was using it um and it was almost like a drug yeah and i've never taken a drug in my life um i started drinking when i was probably about 19 20 so in my area east london hackney that was relatively late for for, for a kid um and that was probably off the back of my discipline with football and you know yeah do you drink that Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> all day, all day. Um, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that easy. <laughs> you having a bit of time off it in lockdown though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trying to. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I used it as a form of escapism, but at another level. And I said to myself, I can't let it get to that because I'm just escaping from that particular moment. And then as soon as the exercise is done, it's back again. Mm. I'm feeling shit about everything. I'm moving towards a dark place. What do I do during that time of not exercising? And I was just digging a deeper and deeper hole. And you just got to get a balance right. And I remember yeah. I kept going on about it on my social media. Life is all about balance. Because it's probably the first time. I just, it's so mad. These simple little things you'd think you'd learn about when you're younger. Or you, as soon as you become an adult, you think you would know about balance. You would know about self-management, self-care, self-love. You, you should know about those things as an adult. But you don't. 
it's taken me until I've got into my 30s to actually really understand, wait a minute, I need a bit of balance in my life. Like, <laughs> and that's mad. And that's why I'm an advocate advocate of getting into schools and starting, let's teach these kids about it early. Like, mm-hmm. you'll see on my social media, I'm with my son now, and we're always talking about, you know, what's what would you prefer? Would you prefer to be famous, have all the money, or would you prefer to, you know, actually love yourself you know and little things like that but in different scenarios that's those are the conversations i'm having with my 10 year old and those are the conversations that we should be doing within schools so that when those kids become adults they're ahead of the game more ahead of the game than we was that's amazing mate can't be waiting for them to get to 30 that's it because it's like what me and you have just been talking about for the last half an hour is that uh, eventually you know i'm past i'm 32 as well you pass 30 you start asking yourself these questions and you're like what the fuck is going on yeah 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 totally but the you know these questions that you're prompting these kids to ask as well the self-care stuff's the hard thing to do yeah so you need to have a you need to have a reason for Mm, the self-care obviously your your passion and your reason i guess is the music that you're making Mm. Is that when when did you like first get into music? So to, yeah, so to talk a little bit about Rudimental, obviously, huge congrats and all the success you've had, mate. Unbelievable oh, thank success. You. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the music. Have been for a long time, and you know, obviously, we were speaking when we were on the phone yeah. a couple of weeks ago about. I, I know Kezi is another yeah. member and your boy in in, the, yeah. in Rudimental as well. We went to uni together, played football together. Um, Good footballer. Good football, like, yeah. So we were in the same team together. Yeah. Sat on the bus next to him after every game, <laughs> <laughs> telling me stories of East London. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like overly invested as well, just because I knew him from before, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the previous of course, life, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the first thing I, I'm, I'd love to hear is like, when did your love for music begin, and then when did it turn into a profession with Rudimental? How did that start? Let's probably start from the very beginning. Um, in fact, there's a lot of people out there now that still don't know what rudimental is. And that's because, one, we're not a face of our music. We don't sing our own tracks. And, Did you do that on purpose? Uh, we can't sing, mate. No, <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could put something together. There's backing vocals there, but we definitely can't yeah. sing. But, but um, like, as far as yeah, I'm yeah, in terms of the videos. Yeah, in terms of sort of like our videos and us mm-hmm. not having our faces on video, yeah, we did that on purpose because we wanted the music to do to do the speaking. Um, mm-hmm. We're living in a society where it's all about what you look like, you know, or what you've got, um, and we're, we're not about that. We're about, you know, if it sounds good, then you know that should attract your audience you know but it did so well because like you hear the music and i was desperate to know who who you know no one even knew that there was four people in rudimental this is it it. there are four members of the band there's myself um you got pears amir and kezi um now kezi and pears and myself we've known each other since we were about five years old um Mm. we went to infants together um, Pears and myself, anyway. So Pears and myself went to infants together. We grew up with each other. Lived on the same stretch of road in East London, Hackney. No way. Um, and yeah, we we shared the same interests. Um, everything from football 
played in the same semi-professional football teams. Um, music, um, chasing after the same girls, <laughs> cinemas, everything. Like you, the group that we were in, you wouldn't catch any of us without one of us. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just we were stuck together like glue. Um, and yeah, we, we we grew up together. Um, obviously, went to sort of like different secondary schools after we left primary school. Um, and we continued to make music together because we were living on the same living on the same street. Um, I used to have sort of like a pair of decks that my mum bought me when I was twelve years old. And it was a pair of vinyl decks that she brought me. Um, she probably got fed up of me um, scratching her old vinyls, like her Anita Baker <laughs> records and Marvin yeah. Gaye records and whatnot. Okay. So she was like, I'm going to get you your own set. Um, <laughs> and that's what I wanted. And I remember saying to her, like, oh, look, I really want these these pair of decks. They were uh, a pair of Technique 1210s. Um, they were probably the best um pair of decks you could get at that time i'm talking about like they're, they're the equivalent to the pioneers that you see in every club now mm-hmm. um they were in every club or every nightclub um back then and I, I i wanted them i had no right to have those decks but i wanted i wanted them so bad and i just bugged my mum about it and they must have <laughs> cost at the time probably for the pair about two and a half grand something like that um I remember it was Christmas Day. Um, my mom said, look, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't do it. And I, I was just devastated. Because one, I had to share my birthday with the rest of the world anyway. Um, and not get my gift was equally or doubly disappointing. Anyway, <laughs> I, I jumped into my bedroom, um, upset that I didn't have my, my, my birthday present. I looked at my desk and there they were. She surprised me and she actually oh, got them for me. Um, so... That's when sort of like my 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 sort of passion had started with music. It was always football. I, I say this now. I fell in love with football before anything else. Before I knew mm. what music was, I fell in love with football. Before I fell in love with my first girlfriend or my kid, I fell in love with football. So mm. football has always been my first passion. Like, there's yeah. hands down, that's where it is. But football and music ran parallel to each other. Um, yeah, so once I got my decks, we got a mic, and then all the MCs from sort of like around our area in Hackney um, would come round to my to my house, and we used to call it the basement, and they would just have like rinse outs, we used to call it, where they would come down, me and Piers would DJ all the vinyl that we spent sort of like all our dinner money on throughout the week, and we would just like get them to rap or MC on, on some of the... the the vinyls that we brought and it, it got to a point where there was like 20 20 men in just like a room smaller than this it was just getting <laughs> stupid it was heaving <laughs> to the point where i said like you know what p they're gonna have to go over to your house i'm done with them so they migrated to Piers's house and Piers's family was a massive sort of musical family especially his dad his dad had a whole production set up um, a pc there with I think it was Re- Reason and Cubase. And that's where me and Piers used to make our sort of like our first beats. Um, and yeah, we used to DJ together and make our first beats, um, get them pressed on vinyl and then put them, put the vinyls um, out there. And I remember there was one point where Piers made a particular track and he got it pressed on vinyl and he got Wiley 
to uh, to rap on it on pirate radio station, and so, we were like we were like kids standing by a radio, just like <laughs> waiting for this track to get played, and and then Wiley, the Godfather, is like. He said, what's this tune? All right, cool. And he's jumped on it and he's just like started rapping on it. And we're like, oh, and we're like teenagers, you know, and we were just like we were blown away. And it was like those kind of moments that just kind of just like kept the passion alive, kept the drive yeah. alive to the point where we ended up doing a lot in the underground scene, especially within UK Funky, um, made a track called Sexy Sexy, which... <laughs> fucking still gets played to this day it's so funny just hearing it <laughs> um and that that did the rounds in the underground scene you know it made everyone sort of aware of rudimental again no one didn't really know what rudimental was but they just knew the sound and we kind of liked it that way mm-hmm. um yeah went on pirate radio station we got a set on deja vu um it was mad because there was a lot of a lot of the other sort of artists or djs on the station didn't really like us because we were so different we mixed genres together we didn't really just stick to house we'd play a bit of house and then we'd play a bit of jungle a bit dnb and then we might slip into a bit of hip-hop or grime or whatever we'd mix it up completely and they just didn't like us for that but at the same time statistically our numbers were a lot better than theirs we were getting um listeners from all over the world not only the uk all over the world and they couldn't quite get their head around that because they were stuck in that bubble of just being known in east london as very yeah. djs do you think they like didn't do you think they didn't like it because they didn't understand it yeah it's human nature isn't it really hmm. uh, we when we don't understand something we fear it hmm. and that's that's what it was some of them can't even look into my eye right now like up until this day that's kind of weird but it is what it is I heard um, Pharrell say something similar because he obviously created his own sound that was different to what everyone was used to as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaks yeah. about people looking at him and talking to him like he's mad and kind of, yeah. I guess, a little bit of jealousy as well. Yeah, well, they will do until it until it until um, everyone else starts latching onto it and it starts becoming mm-hmm. a popular sound. And that, that's that's probably what's just what happened to us. Cause, um, Have you had copycats? Of our music? Of your style, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I pr- personally, honestly, for me, I don't believe we've had. Um, I've had people say that, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like a rudimental track, and I, mm-hmm. I can't hear it because I feel like our sounds way too unique for it, and it's uh, it's so across sort of like different genres, it's too hard to. So I, I don't think we've had copycats, no, but um. I remember, I remember when we made Feel the Love, you know, we were singing on our track, Feel the Love. So we've gone through all these teenage years together, making tracks, going on pirate radio station, pressing up our own vinyls, getting to a point where we're like, oh, all right, you know, we're going to have to start getting serious about this. We're, we're adults now. Um, this is me, Piers and Kezi. And then we ended up making this track called Feel the Love where we're actually singing on it. You know, we're singing the lyrics on that track and we've got, there's a video somewhere that we put up on YouTube. And I remember when we eventually got signed, the label said, you're going to have to take that off. Um, of us playing the track after we've made it and just screaming and shouting and 
we literally trashed this studio that we were working from because we were like, this tune is so sick. Like, <laughs> I took our tops off, like, <laughs> chucking chairs around the room. And, that. and like, our mate, our mate was just recording us with, with like, doing all this madness. And, uh, yeah, we put it up on YouTube. It probably got, like, 10 hits or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, made Feel the Love and then nothing happened. We kind of just left it in a hard drive and carried on making music. And I remember us being in a in a pub with, and there was an open mic night going on. And there was this singer behind us who was singing. Um, and we were like looking at each other instantly because by this time we, we had sort of like molded into one. All our interests were the same. All our opinions were the same. It's, it's almost like when you get, <laughs> when you spend too much time with i don't know your girlfriend or whatever and then you you almost start sounding like like yeah, um, you know what i mean yeah. what's happening during this lockdown <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens and um we 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 had nearly 10 years of that or no more than that 15 years of that so we was we were so in tune when we heard something we was like that's sick so when we heard this vocalist behind us we were like Everyone just didn't even talk to each other. We were just listening and he, like our backs were turned to him. And then we said, remember that tune that we made like two years ago, I stuck in a hard drive. He would sound sick on it. And it was John Newman behind us. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And we got speaking to him, asked him to get on the track. Um, was he like completely unknown at that point? Completely unknown. He was in a bar just like with guitar no, right. and, and singing. Um he ended up living with Piers for a little while as well. Um, yeah, and from then, it kind of like went spiral out of control. We met up with the fourth member, Mayor, who owned a studio in Shoreditch. Um, and we went up there and we, we were speaking to him and we asked, like, look, man, we've kind of hit a kind of wall on this field of love. And he was like all right, let's, let's try and do some bits through it. And then he ended up just taking it to a whole new level, level. Mm. Right. And we was like, mate, you should just, we should just make music together. And we ended up making more and more music together to the point where he just, he just joined us. It almost felt like he was there with us since we were like five. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, Amazing. and he just clicked and gelled. And that's, that's, that's how rudimental started. And I remember I couldn't even get a coffee in a label office. Like, mate, like I got turned away from so many different labels, CDs chucked on the floor in front of my face and people saying this and uh, like, yeah, just leave it, give it a rest, get a proper job, this, that and the other. And um, then Feel the Love happened and it went around the labels like wildfire to the point where <laughs> everyone was inviting us around. Mate, that sounds unreal. It's almost like, it sounds as though Feel the Love basically was like the tipping point of where everything yeah. changed. Is there like if you could if you could take yourself back to obviously it was quite a lengthy process you you, you made the song and thought it was good anyway left it for a couple mm. of years found an artist to sing on it and add vocals and then found a fourth member of Rudimental to add a little bit of something extra on the top yeah but if you could like almost like I guess maybe summarize what you think it was because essentially you've created something that's genius there because mm -hmm. it's you know it's changed the whole path of all four of your lives yeah definitely what do you think it was that allowed you to make something that good? Uh, I think you have to pay dues to 
Kezi being in love at the time because he came up with the initial idea, you know? Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Huh. Um, so, yeah, Kezi come up with the first initial idea. And then, like everything that we do in the band, it's, it's either one person comes up with a particular idea or two or three, and then it gets passed around. And that's how it happened. No way. Like, like a concept. And then you're all adding, like, throw yeah, your two cents no, in. Exactly it. Like, I couldn't tell you the amount of times that I've made. I could make 20 tracks in this room that you're seeing right now and I will show the boys and it'll be like, no, that's shit, 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 shit. They'll probably say shit 19 times and then there'll be that one time where it'll be like, all right, let's work on that, you know? Um, and so what like, what separates the 20th track to the 19th that's shit? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. It's, it's, just, it's one of those questions I, I don't know if you can – teach it's, yeah. uh, it's just a vibe of energy maybe that you might have had in that particular day um yeah it's just it's just, it's just one of those that click and i guess i'm not saying the 19 other tracks couldn't have done well it's just with the ears of rudimental it kind of has to trigger something within each of us for it to mm, you said like you said Kazi was in love, so he's obviously channeling like emotion. He's going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> I can't imagine Kazi in love. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't in love. Maybe he was out of uh, love. He changed me now. Love. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, um, you know the artist Sway? Yes. He, he was on the podcast just before, just sort of at the back end of last year, and he said that he feels like when he gets a real hit, he's like channeled from somewhere. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that. Did he say those or... exact words? Hit? He said, he said channeled. Yeah. He's quite oh, spiritual. No, but the, the word, the word, the spiritual thing I get, but the, the, the word that I, I not have a fear of, but I don't like to use is hit the word hit. <laughs> I might have added the word hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as he does. When he feels that he's done something good, he feels it's come that's, from a spiritual place, right? That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And I get confused sometimes because sometimes I'm in a, I feel like, right, that is a spiritual. I turn off the lights, I play the music, and I'm like, mm -hmm. fuck, I'm feeling the groove. I wake up in the morning and that fucking tune sounds like shit. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that could be the case. I don't know, but each to their own. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. For me, I feel like we make our best music when we're all together. When we are all together, that's when it does come alive. Um, but yeah, individually, we do make some good stuff as well. And it is good to drag on um, or draw upon everyone's individuality and then bring it together so it's a collective thing. There are moments like that that happen. Like when I explained about the Field of Love situation, we knew there was something instantly there to the point where we trashed the place. Euphoria was all about this <laughs> and the other. But can I say that? Because it stayed in the hard drive for two years. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it, that could have easily been forgotten. There could be hundreds of those sway moments stuck in a hard drive. You know what I mean? So it, for yeah. me, it's not, it, that's, it's got to be you. It's got to be what triggers something for you. I love it. And then see how far it goes. I think you have yeah. to listen as well. Like you were listening, all four of you in the pub, 
whether you meant to be or not, and you heard those vocals and immediately it made you think of that song. And if you didn't listen to that and pick up, there's a book called The Alchemist. They call it Omens. Right. Yeah. So if you're not listening to those signs or omens or whatever you want to call them, yeah, 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 yeah. you're ignoring it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, definitely. I feel like there's, I feel I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, everything happens for a reason. And I, I feel like I'm living proof of that. You know, I've been in so many sticky situations, but if I wasn't in those situations, I wouldn't have got out the other side and this wouldn't have happened or that wouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just like me saying or me saying that I fell in love and not joined the army would feel the love or those moments happened if that happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like you said, Kezi and Pierce, Kezi and Pierce went up to Leeds University for a couple of years and I was holding the fort down in London, doing sort of like all the underground work, the the raves, the club scenes, uh, the radio, this, that, and the other. Um, they were making tunes up there. I was making tunes down here. We were just like transferring them together or whatnot. And it was like, yeah, listen to that. Bring that. Down. Oh, yeah, I'll play that on radio. Yeah, I'll do this. And all those kind of things. If they didn't go to university in Leeds, would it have opened up their minds and would they have kept that going to increased you know it's just little yeah. things you know i was going to go to america i was going to go to america to play football right. as well i ended up doing a manager a favor and he needed a striker i'm not a striker i'm a center midfielder but i said i'll play i'll play for him uh for a semi-professional team i played scored two goals on my second goal i over extended my knee um and my flight was a couple of weeks later to go to America, but the injury no took me four months to get rid of. So if I went to America, with, it's, it's all these little things yeah. happen, as stressful as it is, as upsetting as some of these situations can be. And even as positive or how happy these situations, these little incidents make you feel, do not get carried away with it. Just embrace it stay in that moment because it's going to lead you on to something else, negative or positive. And that's, that's, that's the way I think anyway. So whether I'm thinking, sorry to answer your question, whether I'm there and I'm like, it's a spiritual thing, this and the other for me. Yes. Yes. It is a spiritual thing. I feel it for me. And that's what, Mm. that's what a lot of people should do. If they're going to do something, do it for you first, because then it makes you a better person to do it for someone else or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's such an amazing outlet, mate. And for, on behalf of everyone, like, thank you for taking action and continue to follow through with your passion because it's unreal, mate. I know you put a lot of energy and emotion into the music you make. For people like myself who get a lot from music, love music, can't make it myself, I get so much from what you've done. So as I know, loads of other people do. So, mate, thanks for everything you've done. Oh, thanks, man. Um, It's funny you're saying about Kezi there because I remember when we were sitting on the bus coming back from football, like, on one of the many games we played and he'd, t- he'd you know he's very humble like oh mate a- he's the most humblest guy it actually annoys me how humble he is <laughs> <That's not laughs> but he'd say stuff about it dropped like artist names and stuff and people he's working with and i'm thinking he's talking shit oh, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, a year later it's like oh he's part of rudimental i'm like oh fucking fair play <laughs> <laughs> makes sense now yeah yeah no it's crazy it's crazy i remember it's so it's so bonkers like like anything, when you do something, when you do something you love uh, for a long time, you got to remember this passion started from probably when I was about 12 years old, you know, going back to the story when my mum bought me my first pair of decks. Um, so I've been doing this for a while, 
you know um i'm 33 now <laughs> think about that 33 hmm. now um so that's a, that's, a, that's a minute you still get these moments where you're like i don't want to do this no more so i remember there was a moment where i was working as a learning mentor funny enough kezi was working in the, in the same school as me um working as a learning mentor um i was on a decent wage actually um working and Leonidas was about to be born, my son. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know what? Although I'm on a decent wage, I need a career that elevates each year. So I was thinking I'll go back to uni um, and I become a PE teacher. Although, in fact, it wasn't go back to uni. I was at uni at the same time, but I was doing it part-time as well as on a full-time learning mental wage. And I was just like, you know what? Scrap all this. Let me just get the university degree done football isn't taking off although i still had those pipe dreams playing semi-professional football earning 150 quid a game or whatever yeah um and i still had this pipe dream of becoming a music star somewhere along the lines although any of those two dreams haven't unfolded at that particular time so i said let me go to uni get the degree uh become a PE teacher funny enough become a PE teacher I didn't think I needed to go to uni to do music because I thought I knew music already yeah um proven (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) so I ended up doing trying to get a PE degree um but I quit my job I quit my job um and it was getting to a point where I was literally quit off the back of just having probably about 100 quid in the bank by this point And I was just like, All right, I'm waiting on student loans here. When's the student loan going to come? Because that's going to get me through the next couple of months. I'm not like a, a, a sort of like a student who's just come out of sort of like university and going straight into the dorms. I'm 23 by this point. So like I'm, I'm adult, adult, I think. Like I'm taking care of myself. I'm paying rent by myself. I'm living in my own house. I've got a kid on the way, like little things like that. So um, £100 to my name wasn't cool. Um, so I ended up, yeah, doing all that. And then literally a couple of days later, we got signed. No way. That's amazing. Man. Got signed and then my son was born and it was just like, it, don't get me wrong. It wasn't, you know, those, these kind of stories, you're almost like, oh, wow, you got signed. And then everything was great and gravy. Got signed, got some money, found out about the higher end of tax <laughs> they they took their chunk management took their chunk <laughs> yeah um by the time i got a bit of money from everything left over it was enough to get me through for a year um although feel the love was like number one i probably struggled to buy my own tunes on bloody itunes at the time so hmm. <laughs> there was still a lot of groundwork that needed to be done and we managed to do it thankfully that's amazing, man. It's so good. I think people are rewarded by taking a leap of faith. I know that it's almost hard. sounds really like cliche, but you do the difficult thing. It comes yeah. back around. Like you oh, left and within two days you got your record deal. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting so- you said about like leaving though. Cause I had it last week, mate. I was like, why am I bothering with this thing anymore? Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Just, just cause I had a bit of a low in, I don't know whether it was a low in energy or confidence or both yeah, or yeah. belief. Yeah. I don't know, but then no, you just got to push through. No, we get that mate. Like, like 
my good friend said, look, it's all it's all relative at the end of the day, yeah. Mm. Um people only dream of being in my position, say, or a footballer's position or yeah. not. But when you're there, you start to realise actually this is actually relative, you know, because it's not the money that's actually making that footballer or yeah. a musician happy. Yes, mm-hmm. we've got security. I get that. And that's all I've ever wanted for myself and my family is security. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't feel like the money is the essential part. And people are going to like say whatever they want to say about it. But I truly believe your mental state is what's key. Finding out what truly makes you happy is what's key, you know. And once you find that, then like you're the richest man or woman alive, really, personally. Amazing, man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate that. No, no, no. So, uh, lucky mate, I could speak to you for hours. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. But we um, we do the same three questions at the end of every episode. They're like three punchy questions. Quick okay. fire, just to get a little bit of advice from you for people to, yeah. I guess, take away like right now and incorporate into their lives if they can. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, so the first one of these is, is there anything you've come up against recently or discovered that you're particularly excited about? could be anything at all anything that just comes to mind when you think about something you've seen recently or discovered or been involved in that makes you particularly excited there's a couple things uh first thing for me is watching my son grow um hmm. that Amazing. is something that i'm just how excited you? about. he's 10 years old i'm excited about it every day seeing his character unfold it's like looking in the mirror he's so funny um witty better looking um, <laughs> and he, he's, he's just a, he's just a bundle of joy in one. Even when he's upset, it's just I, just I could just look at him for hours. So just seeing him unfold, I'm really really excited about. Um, the second thing is just launching this locksmith enterprise, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't quite know what it was a couple of years ago. I just thought it would be about me and people would follow me. But I think it's a lot broader than that. I want to help people. I want to, I want to, especially young children, you know, I want to get to them early. Um, there's, there's a huge gap in terms of inactivity within kids at school. Um, they're not getting as much activity as probably we used to when we were growing up. You know, and that could be for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, youth clubs shutting down, um, social media growing, computer games, you name it, it's there. There's there's something that's stopping our children from engaging in physical activity. And I feel like that's just so wrong because I know the benefits that it could have. So mm-hmm. using this locksmith brand, I want to get involved in that. Yes, I've got a clothing line that's coming out, which I'm really excited about as well. But I really want to build this locksmith brand. And I was very apprehensive about going on an SAS show because it was a reality TV show. And I said I would never go on reality TV because I feel feel it for those guys because you never, ever, ever know what a person is truly like through watching them on your TV screen. Never. Like, you, you can make an opinion of what they are, but we yeah. remember they're surrounded by TVs and people who are forcing them to 
evoke a reaction. So I've never ever wanted to put myself in that situation. But the SAS thing, I thought it just it was in line with everything that I wanted. Yeah. I'm about, you know, it's about digging deep um, in yourself in order to get the best version of yourself out. Um, so it's yeah, interesting. That's, that's we, um, by the way, the one about your son, mate, that's one of the best answers we've had for that question. I love uh-huh. that. Um, and then interestingly, we had Victoria Pendleton on uh, okay, yeah. the podcast last summer and she just finished the last series of Celebrity SAS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, yeah. who had a similar outlook as you did just loved it but i think like as a as a viewer the celebrity one is in my opinion better because you kind of already know them because they've been public facing before yeah yeah, or yeah you yeah. admire them or whatever and it's, so yeah, it's more yeah. interesting oh you've got an opinion on them yeah yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's that's the key word it's like you don't know them like i, I like for example when i see musicians on the street i don't get excited it's like if I saw Jay Z, which I've, I've seen Jay Z already, I'm like, yo, what's going on, Jay? You're right, man. Cool. But if Where I see him, he invited us to his festival in America, just the early stages. Nice. Um, but if I meet a footballer like Ian Wright, for example, I can't control yeah. myself because I feel like <laughs> I've known him. Like, I've known him all my life. That's, that's what I feel like. I've known him, but I don't know him. I've got an opinion of him through seeing him through my TV screen and seeing the character that he unfolds. Um, but I, I assume that Ian Wright is exactly the way he is. Like, I met him when I was about 12 because I, I played in an Arsenal Academy setup over yeah, a yeah. summer once. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was just the best person ever. Yeah. Could, couldn't give each kid more time. Sign my shirt. It was just like the nicest guy ever. I just stood there like gobsmacked, didn't say anything. Proper starstruck. Mate, mate, I've got a picture of me and Wrighty at the Brit Awards, I think it was. Uh, Brit Awards or Mobile Awards, one of the two. And I can't put it up because I look like a dickhead. <laughs> like, my face is just like... <laughs> I just can't put it up. I'm just like, whatever. I met, I met him. I just... Yeah. But, like I said, like you, the reason why you probably think that is because we've got an opinion on them already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that opinion might be blurred because we feel like we know them, but we've actually just got an opinion on them. So we want to see if, again, if they match that opinion that we have yeah. already or that perception. That yeah. Make them. So that's why I think that one's the celebrity one is cool because yeah. they put, we're, we're being put in demanding situations and I never mm. ever see myself as a celebrity anyway. I can go Tesco's and not get bothered. I love that. That's because you made that good decision to not be like yeah, front yeah, facing yeah. on the album and that. Yeah, I've kind of fucked up with this SAS thing now. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone's going to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the second of these three, mate, is if you had to give every single listener one piece of advice for a habit or routine to incorporate into a daily practice, what would it be? you got the obvious. Get up and get up early in the morning and devote some time for yourself. Because that, that is one of the biggest things that you can do in your life and it gets overlooked so much um when you think about how much you give in a day to everyone else Mm -hmm. especially as an adult i'm not just talking about someone in my position or a celebrity or whatever when when you get up in the morning you go to work who you go and work for is it for you or is Mm -hmm. it for someone else most cases you're going to work for someone else then you get to work and then you've got a deal 
with a boss and you're given to that boss and then when you earn your money where do you give your money to is to your children or to your missus or whatever do you know what i mean or to the mortgage people or to the house and so that so you're constantly every day you're giving to everyone else if you can wake up in the morning early or before you go to bed just give 20 minutes and 20 minutes to yourself do you know what i mean like i'm like away from social media away from uh the football that we took for granted (laughs) (laughs) but just anything just just give it give it to yourself that's brilliant mate that was explained really well that was awesome man i'm gonna take one away what do you do specifically would you just sit quietly or how how, how would you do for me if you've got if you've got a passion and you've got like um say there's something you like to do whether it be doing kick-ups in the garden or Mm. pull-ups in the garden or exercising or see your muscle ups in the garden yeah i'm trying <laughs> or you've got like you know you like to play an instrument or you want to learn an instrument it's it's literally something for you that you can say i did that for me or if it's a case of sitting in a room quietly and collecting your thoughts do it but whatever mm. you do is something real selfish this is like the most selfish that you can be in your life the kids are running around causing havoc you say fuck that this is me this is my time mm. All right, brilliant, mate. I love that. The last one is, mate, if you could pick one trait that allowed you to get to where you are, what would that one thing be that's within you? Stubborn. Really? Stubborn. Nice. You have to be politically stubborn and you can't be stubborn to the point where it makes you blind, but you've got to be stubborn to the point where you're wholeheartedly passionate about it. Prove me wrong. And then I'll politically change my mind. But until then, <laughs> I'll stay stubborn to what I believe in. And that's 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 one thing that I would say that everyone should have, especially if you want to be successful in my field, in the music field, not just overnight, but over the course of a decade, which we have done. Mm. You have to you have to stay stubborn to what you believe in. Love that. That that comes with people having confidence in what they what they're doing, right? Or really believe in what they're doing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, truly believe in what you're doing, and um, like I said, you have to you have to be politically correct. Like you can't go in there stubborn to the point where you're blind, and you you're just going to be ignorant to the fact that there are other opinions around you, and you know your music might sound shit, your talent might be shit at that particular time. Yeah, mm. you have to listen to that, but prove me wrong, prove me wrong, and then I'll listen. But until then, <laughs> I'm running with this. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, Lockie, thanks so much, mate. I really appreciate it. I absolutely love chatting, man. I think oh, it's okay. hard that, like, you said so much stuff. It went pretty deep. Like, I feel quite tired now. <laughs> no, I hear that, man. I'm I hear trained. that. I've got to go sit in a line in Tesco's at some point. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, yeah, I did that yesterday. I was in, uh, I went into Waitrose. I had it all, like, lined out and stuff. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's where I'm off to right, right now. Yeah. yeah cool, well, mate. Thanks so much. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, check out my social media. Um, they call me Locksmith or go on my website and it will lead you to everywhere. Um, they call me locksmith.com. Um, it's currently, actually, the website's currently closed now. So by the time this goes out, it probably still won't be up and running. But within the summer, it should be up and running and there's going to be access to everything I'm doing. My new clothing line that's coming up new music that we'll be making um with rudimental and tour dates this that and everything that you might want to find out 
Amazing man. So for now, go to the socials at uh, They Call Me Locksmith. Yep. And then that'll get everyone. All right. Wicked, Thanks mate. so much, man. Awesome, right. Lucky. Love, bro. Wicked. Cheers, mate. So there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much to Locksmith for firstly his time and all the amazing advice that he provided throughout that conversation. I'm sure you'll be able to tell that I loved having that chat so much. I felt like I got him with him particularly well. We resonated on so many levels and he just really is a top guy. I hope everything is a huge success for him in the future. There's so much that I took away from that personally. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I would love it if you would share on your social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, screenshot and post in your story and tag us and let us know what you enjoyed. It is the highlight of my week when I get messages from people who tell me stories of things they've done themselves because they've listened to the podcast and enjoyed the stories that we've shared on here. So please, please can I encourage you to do that more because selfishly, it makes me feel very happy. It's all about making a difference and it's nice to be able to hear when it does. I hope everyone's surviving in lockdown. If you follow me on Instagram at markwittle underscore TF, you'll see there's a new podcast coming out, which we're toying with the name of it just at the minute, but it's going to be actionable practices that are happening in the moment. So while you're listening, be it guided meditations, guided coaching sessions, guided breath works, or even guided exercise sessions. This is something I've wanted to do for such a long time now, and I'm hopeful that this is good timing. I feel it is. We're all stuck at home and there's no better time now to learn about new practices, new habits and things that you can start to incorporate into your day i feel that a consistent routine is way way more powerful in times like this because it's something we can fall back on whether you've had a routine before or not whether you're building a new routine at the moment i'm hopeful that these podcasts in the future either going to be called taking flight or peak performance practices or the take flight talk it still still deciding i'm hopeful they will help you to find a new routine find new practices that will allow you to elevate yourself and reach new levels yourself Once again, thank you so much for the continued support, guys. Thanks so much for listening. The next episode is going to be with an equally impressive individual as Locksmith. His name is Matt Willis. He was one third of Busted. So a hugely successful musician. He then transitioned away from music and became an actor and he's now writing. He's done so much more in between that as well. It was another hugely special conversation for me to have and I can't wait to share that. And that's coming next week. So please look forward to that. And in the meantime, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight.